0: They're shaking hands. I walked up behind somebody and I tapped them on the arm and I scared them out of their skin uh, I reminded me someone sent me a video. I think it was last week and uh, it was a uh, it was a altar call and uh, someone was singing the invitation from the pulpit and I want to assume it was the pastor standing right down there and he had his head down is kind of moving back and forth And uh, somebody came up to to the pastor, and he didn't see them, and they touched him on the arm. (laughs) He just jumped really, really big. And uh, God help us if we're never expecting someone to respond to the message. Amen? I I hope today that you're ready to respond to the preaching of God's Word. Let's all stand together. Philippians chapter 1. Is everybody good this morning? Say amen. All right. Thank you. All right. We're in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read in verse number 3. Uh, normally, I, I like to preach expository messages and uh, textual messages uh, where we stay in the text and we preach through there. Rarely do I do what I'm doing today, but today is going to be a topical message. And uh, so we're going to look at a few different scriptures for our points this morning. Uh, but we're going to springboard from here in Philippians 1 verse number 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Can we read verse three together, please? I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. All right. The title of my message today is Building a Living Memorial. Father, we praying. As we've prayed all morning, and we've prayed this week, that you'd help us with a message today. Lord, I pray that you'll help me to preach it, and may I preach it with your power. And uh, Lord, may it go forth, in, not in a uh, demonstration of what man can do, but in demonstration of what you can do through man. And I pray that you'll help all of us have open ears and hearts and minds, and we're receptive to your word today. God, may you uh, minister to each of us in the way that only you can. You know what we stand in need of, and uh, what we need to go from here. And we pray, Father, for your leadership in the name of Jesus. Amen. Maybe seated. So, as I mentioned at the start of the service, and it's no news to anyone, this is a holiday weekend in America. Uh, today, uh, tomorrow is Memorial Day, and it's a day of remembrance for all of those who have died in our nations service. And I am thankful for all of our service members who are who are in some way uh, serving our country, defending our country and all that it stands for. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I have many family members and my wife has family members who have served our nation and served it well, served it with honor. And I'm, I am grateful as their family member that None of them, as far back as I know, ever lost their life in the, in the act of duty. All of them made it back home. Memorial Day is in recognition of those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And that is they gave their life. And to them we owe the greatest debt. Amen? We would not be Americans if people didn't stand up and declare our nation's independence. And we would not be the free nation that we are today, and the world would certainly look different if not for grandfathers and fathers and uncles and brothers and mothers and sisters and aunts and those individuals who, who stood on the front lines in service for our great country, many of them who gave their lives for it and spilled their own blood. May we never forget that freedom is not free. It is paid for by the blood of patriots. And it's important that we have days like Memorial Day to help us to remember those things that are worthy of being remembered. And as I mentioned, on this particular holiday, it is, it is in recognition. It remembers all of those who gave their lives for our nation. And we have many ways in life that we memorialize things that are important. We have private things, don't we? We have some, some mothers put together scrapbooks. A lot of people journal or they have diaries. Uh, there are some, you know, we all have, uh, if, if you're my age, you have photo albums. If you're, if you're the next generation, you probably don't have photo albums. You just have it in your phone, right? But we go back. Um, I will admit to you this morning, this has been a surprisingly difficult week for me personally uh, with Garrett's graduation. I did not expect it to hit me the way that it did. And so I've spent a lot of time looking through the photo album. And uh, this week I got a photo album right by my bed that I look at during the, uh, in, the, in the morning and sometimes in the evening just looking back through old pictures Those are memorials of things, of significant things in our past. We also have public memorials. We, uh, they're often landmarks and a lot of times we, we name different things such as dams and bridges and highways and libraries and schools and websites, uh, not to mention statues and national memorials to fallen soldiers, all created so we will call to remembrance the importance of these past deeds and the people who did them. I've been to Washington, D.C. a couple of times and I will tell you the best time to go to Washington, D.C. is this weekend. It's on Memorial Day weekend uh, because it is a very emotional time. When When you go to that Vietnam War memorial, that wall, and you see the things that are at the foot of that wall where people have come on this particular weekend and left things... Uh, not just family members, but fellow soldiers, people who are served together. And a lot of times you can see those things and they write those things out and you, you can read them and how emotional that those are. It is a very touching scene. It is, a, it is a wonderful thing to go on Memorial Day weekend. To see the changing of the guard there at the Arlington Cemetery, that is such a very unique experience. When you read the Bible, the Old Testament is full, filled with memorials and calls to remember important uh, events and people. Uh, we still see the wonderful sign that, we, that is very colorful. It's called a rainbow, right? And God put that rainbow there as a memorial of God's judgment against sin and of his promise that he would never again destroy the world by a flood. The Passover feast is a time where the Jews were reminding of their, their children and their, and their ancestry and their history of how God delivered them from captivity to the land of promise. We got through the book of Joshua in this past year and God instructed the Israelites uh, there in the promised land to b- build memorials of river stones, to memorialize the Ark of the Covenant crossing of the Jordan River. And God instituted these memorials so his people would remember important historical events from the past. And the New Testament is no different. God instituted memorials there as well. The Lord's Supper is a memorial. We're instructed to do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. And when we partake of the bread and the, and, and the, and the juice, it represents the body that was nailed upon the cross of Calvary. And the juice represents the blood that was shed for our sins. And then we, then we memorialize uh, the, uh, the, the baptism. The baptism is a, is a picture of the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a symbolic, visual reminder for us. And so these are memorials that are very, very important, both... Uh, uh, historically, as a nation, personally, in our lives, and spiritually. But this morning in our message, I want us to consider uh, the idea that our very life should be a memorial in of itself. And I want us to consider what kind of memorial that we are building with our personal life. Because each of us is building one. Whether we are consciously or unconsciously, it's happening. And we're leaving something behind for our family, our friends, our co-workers, our brethren. We're building a memorial that will remain after we're gone. And so we have to ask the question, how will we be remembered after we are gone? All of us have lost people in our lives Some of them are an older generation. We can think of grandmothers and grandfathers. Some of us have lost moms and dads. I I want us to realize this today, okay? Young people are not not escaped from this message. Because when I'm preparing this message, I'm thinking about my dear friend who lost his life when he was 17 years of age. I was at Brady Kate's uh, graduation the other day and uh, one of her classmates was the son of one of my classmates. And I have not seen that guy in 30 years. And uh, me and my friend who passed, uh, passed away and, and Darren, we used to go and we'd camp out together on Friday nights and we got a lot of great stories to tell from those days. Okay, But it, it, I've been thinking about my friend Dale and his influence and impact upon my life. And so we, when we think of those loved ones, how do we remember them? And when we think of that, we have to ask the question, how do we want to be remembered? And so I'd like to suggest today a, a plan for the construction of our personal living memorial. And we're going to do some spiritual construction as we look in the Word and, and how we can build a memorial to God with our life. And the first is this, okay? And everything that we build upon builds upon the foundation. And it needs to be a life that is built upon the foundation of God's word. Can I get amen there? Must be built upon the foundation of God's word. So many of us try to build our lives upon so many other things. Some ideals and opinions and what we think a good life should look like. And we're, we're thinking about these things that we want to leave behind, an inheritance of some kind, a legacy of some kind. It all begins with a foundation. If you don't have the foundation right, everything else is going to crumble. And so the Word of God is extremely vital in our life. And that's where it must begin. And the reason for that is there's only one thing in our world That has always been constant, never failing, never changing, and always true. And that is, we can always rely upon the word of God. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the word of truth is none other than the word of God. And that is what Timothy had received as a child that led him to salvation. He received it from his mother and his grandmother. And when Paul is writing his last letter in 2 Timothy chapter 4, writing to Timothy, he says, I remember Lois and Eunice. I remember their impact and influence in your life. And that was based upon their teaching their their children and grandchildren. The Word of God. If you build your foundation on human ideas, you'll build it on shifting sand because human ideas always change. But if we build our foundation on the Word of God, we're building upon a solid rock. Amen. The Word of God will never let you and it will never let me down. It's the key to knowing what is right and what is wrong. It has the answers for making your marriage a success. It tells us how to rear kids who honor their parents and are successful in life. It teaches us how to get along with people without a lot of unnecessary conflict and how to handle conflict when it arises. It tells us how to be successful in life. Not this kind of success that the world promotes, but true success that counts for eternity. It tells us how to have joy and how to have peace. And most importantly, it tells us how to be saved and to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Nobody ever went wrong who made the Word of God his or her foundation for their life. When you're seeking counsel of decisions that are important, go start with the Bible. Start with the Word. Get in the Bible. Also ask qualified people's uh, assistance. Ask for their wisdom and ask their discretion. But don't leave out God's word before you move forward. Stick with the word of God. Uh, may those who love us remember how the Bible was the foundation of our life. If we read and study and live out the word of God, we'll have a firm foundation for our living memorial. When the storms of trial come, and they will, our memorial will lie in ruins of our life that is not built on the strong foundation of the Bible. When temptation comes, we'll fold like a blade of grass if the word of God is not the foundation of our life. And when doubts, when doubts come upon us, we'll be blown about to and fro unless the word of God is our foundation. For that reason, it is imperative that we make God's word our foundation. So here's the thing. Okay, you should know it backwards and forwards if you've been saved for a while. You should have it memorized. You may not know exactly, th- th- you may not know exactly where something is, but you should be so familiar with the Bible that you know where it is on the page that you're looking for. Right? You may not have it memorized, its chapter and verse, but I know exactly where it is. Just give me my Bible and I can show it to you. You're that familiar with it. And may our, may our children, may our grandchildren, may people recognize us as people of the book, right? That this is important, that this has great value to us. And may, may they look at it when we're gone, and may they see it marked up. May they see it where it doesn't do this, where you open it and it goes. Because you've never been in it. May that not be the, I hate getting a new Bible for that reason, because I'm afraid people think I've never been in the Word right? Listen, I, I, you can go into my office and I have Bibles that I have had over the years and there you can see how they've, how they've worn, been worn and start falling apart and then I get a new one and I try to get a little bit better leather one, you know, and so it holds up better and then the binding falls apart. And then, and then you, get a, you get a different one. And I don't know, this is my fifth or sixth one, I guess. And, but, but when you go back and people look at your Bible, they see how important it was to you. And may people recognize that in their life. May that be a memorial that is important to us. Secondly, may we build the framework of faith in Christ. You had the foundation now you start building the framework. It starts in the Word, and the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so the Word produces faith in our life. Can you turn your Bible to the Gospel of John? Go to your left and the Gospel of John chapter 6. Gospel of John chapter 6. So we're, we're, we've established the foundation. The Bible's important to us. We're in it regularly, faithfully. We're learning it. We're growing in it. And it's building upon itself. If you're in the Bible daily, Chris and I have talked about this a lot. If you're in the Bible daily, the Bible becomes a commentary upon itself. You just see how everything starts to fit together. In John chapter 6, Jesus was teaching some hard things to the multitudes that followed him. And in verse 28, he, asked, uh, he, he got to the point and asked the question, or they asked the question, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? These people thought salvation and a relationship with God was all about something they did that was good or religious to make God smile upon them. But Jesus would have none of that. He replied in verse 29. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. You want to do something that is important? Have faith in Jesus Christ. You want to have something that is worthy of remembrance? Know Jesus Christ as your Savior. They wanted to know, what can we do? What can we do that would cause God to smile upon us? And Jesus says, listen, there's only one thing, and that is to believe on him whom the Father has sent. The only thing that God will accept for salvation is faith in Jesus Christ, whom God the Father sent. Faith in Jesus is the only sure framework to build your life memorial upon. And I have to ask the question today, have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know that if you were to die today, that your eternity would be spent in heaven? Have you ever come to a place that you recognize in your life that there is sin that needs to be dealt with? Have you ever come to a place where you realize religion is not enough? Just going to church is not enough. That doing good works you can never do enough to earn your way and earn your right to heaven. That good intentions will never get us there. It will never please God to make up for the sins in our life. We must come to a place where we realize that there's something missing. And what is missing is a true relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. You know, there are many people who have grown up in church their whole life. They know the lingo they know the do's and the don'ts. They know how to pretend. They know how to say the right things. They know how to, make the, to, to to give the appearance that everything is all right. But I have witnessed many, many times over the years that while people know the game, they know within their own heart and the recesses of their heart that they are missing that relationship with God that is found in Jesus Christ. They're trying to do all of the parts. They're trying to make all of that thing. They're, they're, they're trying to earn their way. It's only through faith in Christ, amen? That is the only way. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. Uh, you can turn there if you'd like. 1 John, it's, it's to your right, not the Gospel of John, but toward the end of your Bible, 1, second, third John, Jude and Revelation. 1 uh, John, chapter 5. These are great verses for you. I want you to look there in verse 11 with me. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It is as black and white as it can be right there. He that has the Son hath life. He that rejects the Son, there is no life. He goes on in verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God, that ye may know ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. It is faith in Jesus Christ that gives us the security of knowing we have an eternal home in heaven. Do you have the Son of God in your life today? If not, come to Jesus by faith today. So it starts with the foundation of God's word, that it, Then we build upon it a framework of faith in Christ. And lastly, we, see the, we build the walls of the monument of your life by your works. Now you say, oh, that sounds contrary. It's not. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Most of you are going to know this passage here. It's important for us to read it. Mark it if you don't have it already. But Ephesians chapter 2. Works do not and cannot save us. But once we've trusted in Jesus Christ and have been saved by God's grace, God wants us to build a living memorial by the works done out of joy and serving our wonderful Lord. So I look at verse 8. For by grace... Are you saved through faith? Say, what is grace? Well, it's God giving you something you didn't deserve. Nobody in here ever deserved heaven. I could hold any of us. I could bring anybody up here, and they wouldn't deserve heaven. And I could show them this crowd, and what I would show them is all these people here. It doesn't matter how good you think any of us are. Nobody ever deserved heaven. Nobody ever deserved it. So we're saved by grace. How is that grace applied? Through what? Through faith. Through faith. He goes on, he says, not of yourselves. He goes on that verse. He, he says not, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not something, a gift is not something you earned. A gift is something that is given to you out of love. Otherwise, it is not a gift. What we earn is death. The wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The gift, but, but salvation is a gift of God. You notice in verse 9, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. If it was about us, then I promise you this, we would all brag upon ourselves. Because all of us have that problem already. We like to talk about ourselves. And so we would brag upon ourselves. This is what I do, you know. This is what I have done. And so people would see that. But the Bible is very clear God, God's not going to give Justin Kelso the bragging rights of his salvation because you're just not good enough. You're not worthy of that. It is by grace. God gives you the opportunity through his son, Jesus Christ, upon the cross of Calvary. And you receive that gift through faith. So it is only through Jesus. So that is important. That is how salvation comes to anyone. It is putting their faith in Jesus Christ. That, that is the only thing that saves. It's not good works. But you see, verse number 10. You cannot leave out verse number 10. Sometimes people want to leave out verse number 10 because this is what they say. Once saved, always saved, right, preacher? That is true. There there is a lot of truth in that. But don't make an excuse that you can live your life however you want to live it. Preacher, I don't believe that a person has to go to church to be saved. You're right. Nobody has to go to church to be saved. Right? I don't believe you have to go to church if you are saved. You are, you are right, but you should. Amen. You should. Uh, I, I appreciate live stream. I do, and I love everybody who's watching it. But you can't get at home what you can get right here. That's just the truth. You need to see people. You need to touch people. You need to see smiles upon people. You feel something in this place that you cannot feel on the screen. You feel something, okay? He, he, he says in verse 10... For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So once we are saved, God has something for us to do. It's not not that we just live in this liberty of grace and we can just do whatever we want to do. There are things that God wants to build in our life. That is evidence of our salvation. As far as securing salvation is concerned, we are Christ's workmanship. That is, he saves us and keeps us saved. He does it all. Amen? Jesus does it all. We don't do anything as regards of our salvation. We just believe that he has done it all. But he has a purpose for us. As his workmanship, which means we are created to do good works for good and we're ordained to walk in good works. Works cannot save us, but they show God's workmanship in the life of the believer. So works are not the means to salvation, but they are the evidence of salvation. Right? You know the greatest thing that anyone can give their family The greatest thing that anybody can give their family is this. A testimony that you are saved. Don't leave them with any doubt so that when you have passed and taken your last breath, they go to your memorial service and they're questioning, I hope, I hope he was saved. And they're trying to go back and come to any memory whatsoever. They're they're trying to... They're they're grasping at some hope that somewhere when they were four years old in a vacation Bible school that they made a decision. That they're grasping some kind of hope to have that. Don't leave that behind for your family. There should be an evidence there. Leave them with a testimony that they say, Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Their salvation was in Jesus Christ. They talked about Jesus Christ regularly. Their life was a representation of who Jesus Christ was. When I I saw my daddy, I saw a picture of Jesus Christ. He was not Jesus. He could never measure up. But he tried his very best to live his life with a testimony that honored his God and his Savior. There ought to be some evidence there. That's the framework, that's the memorial that you leave behind. That, that church was always important. That they see you reading your Bible. That they hear you whistling a tune or singing the best that you can. Them old gospel songs. There's a testimony of, there. They, they see you handing out a gospel track. They see you having a conversation. They see you on your knees praying when the burdens are heavy. They see those things. They recognize those things. They see you in church serving on a regular basis. You're doing something. You're actively involved. It was more than just a spectator thing to you. You were a participator in God's work. They saw you give and put in the offering plate. That's the one thing. I, I will say this. I give, I give online. I have it set up that when I get paid, it goes straight to the church. My kids don't see me do that. I hate that. They miss out on that. Let them see that. Let them recognize that. Let them see that example in your life. That giving to the Lord is important. That giving to missions is important. Because you understand that is it is all of our responsibility to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're participating in that by helping others to be able to do that job. There's an evidence there that people need to see, that they're looking for. And in turn to that, you're leaving behind a memorial. They don't. There, there's a brokenness there. Because your spot is going to be hard to be filled. There's a loss that takes place. Because you're no longer here. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to take the next opportunity. Let that be a memorial. I close. Go back to Philippians chapter 1. In our opening text, I had you all read with me verse 3 a second time. We'll read it a third time. When Paul is looking back upon the church of Philippi, an epistle of joy, as it's often referred to. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. That is is quite a statement. When I think about you, when I think about all the things that we experienced together, it causes me to give praise to the Lord. So how how will we be remembered on this Memorial Day weekend? It'll help us if we choose daily to build our lives upon the Word of God through reading it, studying it, and obeying it. It'll help us if we choose daily by to have a real and living, life-transforming faith in Jesus Christ. And it'll help us by showing the reality of that faith through works of obedience to Christ's commands and service to others. First of all, it has to begin with a saving faith in Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior... I want to encourage you to do so today. We're going to bow our heads in just a moment. There's going to be people at the balcony. There's going to be a few people in the back. They're going to have a Bible in their hand. And they want, they're they looking for you to step out of your seat and say, can you show me? When you step out of that seat and they make an eye contact with you. They know you're coming for one reason. And that is to make Jesus Christ your Savior. And they'll give you the confidence of knowing that from the Bible. Would you make that decision today? And everybody's in a different place in their spiritual life. Everybody's in a different different place spiritually. I don't know how God's speaking to your heart today. Build something that's worth remembering. Be intentional about it. Let's bow our heads. Musicians come. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power of it. Lord, it is, it is from the Bible that our faith develops. It is from the word of God that our faith is increased. It is from the word that we realize that we are sinners in need of a savior. It is in your word that we discover that savior That was delivered to us many, many years ago. He came in that lowly stable, born in a manger. But he died upon that cruel cross for the atonement of our sins. The once and for all sin offering was paid for. Jesus says it is finished. There was nothing to be added to it. And it is through faith. In what Christ has done for us, that we can receive salvation. Lord, I pray today that if there's one that doesn't know Jesus as Savior, that they'll get out of their seat now, that they'll make their way to that individual. Lord, maybe they, if they want to come and speak to me, that is fine. But I would love to just take them and show them how they can know today they have an eternal home in heaven. And that decision, Lord, would begin a step that they would leave no doubt to their family. They would leave behind a memorial of faith in Jesus Christ. A memorial that they have an eternal heavenly home. And though they may take, there may come a time where they take their last breath upon this earth, Lord, their first, they'll take their next breath will be in celestial air. Eternity's heaven. Lord, may that be the testimony of every person here today. And if it's not, please, Lord, don't let them put that off. May they come today. And I pray that you've spoken our heart, every one of us today, Lord, about the importance of building upon the foundation the right things. Lord, we all have opinions. We all have different ambitions and different dreams. There's different things that we want to do in this life. But may they never overshadow the important things. And that is a life lived for our Savior. Life lived for our God. And one that points people to the thing that matters the most. I pray, Father, that that is our top priority. And that there is great evidence of that that leaves no doubt. Lord, I pray that if you tarry your coming. And this world goes on a hundred years after we're gone. Most likely people will not remember our name. Nobody will know that we ever existed here. But I pray that what we are doing today and what we do tomorrow and what we do the rest of our life, that the fruit of it will continue on. And it will continue to have impact upon generations because we chose to make you the priority. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray.